With Valentine's having passed around the corner recently, the conversation about love and attraction and anything related to that has been in the media and everywhere around you lately. People exchanging well wishes, chocolates, flowers, to not just people they are attracted to, but also a time of cherishing the love of familial bonds and friendships. But have you ever wondered what love actually is? I mean, like, from a scientific point of view, how do you explain that fuzzy warm feeling you feel inside you when you're in love or simply just attracted to someone? So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the science behind love and attraction. I'm Panishiri Rajendran and welcome back to On the Sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about the science behind love and attraction is Ariel, a master's in clinical psychotherapy and a science for everyone researcher. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ariel. Thank you for having me. So let's just get right into it. What is love and attraction in general, like from a biology and like a scientific point of view? Okay, from a scientific point of view, love and attraction are almost two completely separate things. And even attraction can be broken down a little more into lustful attraction. So we all know what that means. And (laughs) (laughs) and then you got like emotional attraction. So love tends to stem from attraction that lasts longer. So attraction that becomes attachment. And that's kind of where you get your differentiation there. Mm -hmm. And what actually like differentiates it further? Like, is there a difference in chemical concentrations or different types of hormones in your body? Oh, yeah, for sure. So our initial stages of attraction, when we have like lustful attraction, that kind of love at first sight vibes, those tend to be related to the hormones and neurotransmitters that are different than attraction neurotransmitters so when we have lust we're talking a lot more about like the sex hormones so we got testosterone and estrogen and contrary to popular belief those both appear in everyone there's not really a female male type of thing there maybe higher in males and females but they appear everywhere and testosterone is largely um responsible for producing those feelings of lust during like very initial brief stages of sexual attraction Oh, okay. You don't really hear about the fact that like most people have both these hormones. It's often associated with particular genders. So it's really interesting to hear that. So with lust having these higher concentrations of like sex hormones or more. So what about love in general, like the long lasting one? Is there like a biological like hormone associated with that? So less hormone and more neurotransmitters. So after you have your like lustful phase and that's kind of like love at first sight, everything's happening, then you kind of go a little bit into attraction. So that's kind of where you're like feeling someone out. So when you're in attraction, um, dopamine pathways, so that's a neurotransmitter in the brain, that actually gets activated. So it's a reward pathway. And basically that just means dopamine is released when things that make you feel good happen or you do something that makes you feel good. And it's on an interesting thing called a feedback loop. So dopamine is released when something makes you feel good. So if you see someone that you're attracted to, dopamine will be released. But the more you interact with this person, at some point, your brain will actually realize that this person makes you feel good. So seeing them will just make the dopamine be released, even if nothing else is going on. 
it's almost training your brain with like doses of dopamine, right? Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely <laughs> training your brain. What about from like more of like a psychology like point of view? So yes, you have all these hormonal differences and like neurotransmitters affecting your brain function. What about like more from like a psychology like behavior perspective? So from a behavior perspective, like recent studies have shown that proximity, so like just being around someone a lot of the time actually increases your sense of familiarity and like increases attraction. So Think back to when you were in high school and you had a crush on the guy in math class just because you saw him every day in math class, right? It's not like super practical, but however, proximity leads to those feelings of attraction just because that's how our brains work. Now that I think about it, there was like a popular trope of like childhood sweethearts and like a lot of like TV shows, but just because maybe that's who they grew up with. And yeah, I've had that conversation with a lot of people like if you think back I'm sure most people have a crush that they regret that they don't really there, there was no explaining it it's just they were around those people all the time and you lock a bunch of teenagers in a room eight hours a day there's only something <laughs> you can hide with that's fair <laughs> what about like besides like proximity yes you're spending so much time with a group of people or like a specific individual but there has to be more than that like that causes like the feeling of like love and attraction to be more persistent. Yeah. So similarities in personality or beliefs or attitudes or even interests, that's also shown to have an effect on how much attraction develops or builds or sustains over time. So like you might like the guy in math class because you both love math, but that's another thing that'll influence the way you feel towards people. Okay. So it's not just proximity, but it's also similarities yeah even if from like a behavioral standpoint that makes sense but if you think of it from um, like a practical standpoint it also makes sense you want to be with someone who has the same values that you do that has the same beliefs that has the same interests otherwise what would you do all the time after the initial lust fades yeah no that's fair because like lust is like a first like attraction moment when you lock in and then you have to make it last somehow (laughs) and there are markers for that (laughs) exactly so besides like all these neurotransmitters and like psychological components to it how do you how would you differentiate love and attraction like more specifically because oftentimes they are very much grouped together yeah so i From what I understand of love and attraction, of course, this is going to be different for everyone because that's the name of the game. Um, (laughs) I see love as an attraction that develops over time. So like after that, those initial phases, you have like an attachment to someone. And like at some point, exactly like you said, you trained your brain that you like this person. And then because of the day and age we're living in now, obviously, we're not like competing for resources the same way like. (laughs) animals in the wild do like that's not really how human beings process these emotions anymore so attachment would be just like we were saying those similarities of what do we want to do for the rest of our lives do those things align with each other's goals and views right so like it's developing that sense of familiarity in a way that will copacetically move forward with this other person or people usually they say that It's just a proverb, and I don't know if there's any scientific backing behind it, but people usually associate how different 
peoples with different personalities are attracted to each other. But psychology, you're saying that people with similar um, personalities are attracted. So is there any backing to it? Yeah, I think I don't want to say that it's a myth that opposites attract because I think the idea that opposites attract only really applies to like things that aren't core values. So you do, it does make more sense that people with core values actually attract similarly. So people with the same like religious beliefs or attitudes about politics or things like that, like it would make more sense for those types of attractions to be based off of, or attachments even to be based off of similarities. But you could say opposite attracts and say like, I hate pickles and my boyfriend loves them. So like opposites attract, right? Those two things fit together. So it's not an either or. I think they're like applicable to different situations. It's just different degrees. It's like a percent of similarities and a percent of differences. Because like you're not going to be 100% same to the person you're attracted to or 100% different because you need to start the conversation somehow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And keep it going. Yeah, with Valentine's, this conversation and love and traction is always like, I don't know, just heightened this time of year. And like, and it's not usually just with like people you're in a relationship to. Some, oftentimes you treasure and like love your family and friendships uh, that you make along the way. Absolutely. I think attachment, the attachment part of love, um, that does come with different neurotransmitters. So I don't know if we spoke about it, but like oxytocin and vasopressin, they're actually neurotransmitters that influence bonding. So like, bonding between people it doesn't have to be like on a romantic or sexual level so like one of the main things that these two hormones are released in is actually breastfeeding so like that's a huge part of bonding between mother and like a newborn child and that's obviously very applicable to like love but like not quite less than attraction right and these things are released at different times so like you can love your friends you can love your family you can love your pets you can love all kinds of different situations and relationships well thank you so much for having this conversation about the signs behind love and attraction with me today of course anytime and thank you again for tuning in and remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the signs impacting your world if you want to learn more about love attraction or any of the other topics we talked about on this show Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at Sci for Everyone, and on our website at www.scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, June Kim, and Tanishari Rajendran. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto Student Engagement Grant.